All right, Snack Attack crew, assemble. Feeling that mid-afternoon slump? Need a protein boost that doesn't involve boring protein bars? Well, let me introduce y'all to my new favorite obsession, wonderful pistachios. Y'all, these little green guys aren't just your average nut. They're protein powerhouses, packing a whopping six grams per ounce. That's over 10% of your daily value. And here's a confession. I used to be a cracker. You know, the kind of girl who enjoys the satisfying pop of opening each one. But let's be honest, sometimes convenience is king. And that's where their no-shell options comes in perfect for on-the-go snacking. Plus, they come in flavors like chili roasted and sea salt and vinegar. So there's something for everyone, even the picky gals. But here's the kicker. Wonderful pistachios are a complete protein, meaning they have all nine essential amino acids your body needs. So next time you're feeling sluggish, ditch the sugary treats and grab a handful of these green gems. I promise y'all they will keep you fueled and feeling your best, whether you're conquering carpool duties or crushing deadlines. And seriously, these are my go-to snack. I keep a bag in my purse. I keep one at the office. I even stash a few on the side of my bed for those late night cravings. This year, I want you to treat yourself to something delicious and good for you. So head over to wonderfulpistachios.com and explore their amazing flavors and sizes. Trust me, your taste buds and your body will thank you. Y'all should know by now that we love progression over here. Let's chat about what everyday progress truly means to us. Whether it's hitting those small milestones or treating ourselves to a little something something after a month of disciplined budgeting, progress is all about balance and staying motivated. And speaking of budgeting and reaching financial goals while still enjoying life's little pleasures, have you heard about Chime? Chime's checking account offers some amazing features that can help you along your financial journey. Let me tell you about one feature that really stands out to me. Chime's Spot Me. We've all been there, right? Dealing with overdraft fees can really throw a wrench in your financial plans. But with Chime, you can overdraft up to $200 with no fees. You heard me right. No fees. It's like having a safety net for those unexpected moments. Y'all, I had a friend who was always getting hit with hefty overdraft fees. It was a mess trying to sort it out. How do you really get ahead with that? But with Chime, you can avoid those headaches and get back on track with ease. Plus, Chime isn't just a bank. It's a community. With Boost, you can increase your spot me limit by receiving boosts from your friends. It's like having your financial back covered by your squad. So, if you're ready to take control of your finances and wave goodbye to those pesky monthly fees, open your Chime account today. Just head over to Chime.com slash bravado. That's Chime.com slash bravado. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Court Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Boosts are available to eligible Chime members enrolled in SpotMe and are subject to monthly limits. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about MyLifeInABook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? 
Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom question you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or record her voice. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she's overcame. This book becomes a legacy and something you and your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm so excited about mylifeinabook.com because I'm planning on gifting my mom with this. She's always loved reflecting on memories and sharing her stories, and I know this will be the perfect gift to capture those moments for her. The thoughts of her flipping through the pages and reliving those cherished memories brings a smile to my face already. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code BRAVADO at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code BRAVADO for 10% off today. Ladies, let's talk real talk here. You probably have days when the PMS has you feeling like you could eat anything in sight. My goodness, the cravings and the general discomfort. Well, say goodbye to those days with Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth. Let's dive into why Hormone Harmony is not just another supplement, but a true game changer. First off, it's not just a trend. It's a phenomenon. Social media is buzzing with women singing praises about Hormone Harmony In fact, a bottle flies off the shelves every 24 seconds. Can y'all believe that? Now let's talk about Happy Mammoth, the brilliant minds behind this wonderful product. They're all about making your life easier, and that means no compromises on quality. They've meticulously crafted Hormone Harmony using only science-backed ingredients proven to work wonders for women like us. But here's my favorite part. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, nature's little miracle workers. These herbal extracts help your body adapt to life stressors, especially those pesky hormonal changes that can throw us off balance. And here's the kicker. Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. It's your secret weapon against those hormonal imbalances that can wreak havoc on your life. From hot flashes and night sweats to racing thoughts and low moods, Hormone Harmony has got your back. And yes, it even tackles the occasional bloat and that not tonight boo feeling. (laughs) The real benefit here, the real win, feeling like yourself again. That's why countless women are raving about it in over 17,000 glowing reviews. We love a verified product, honey. Now here's your chance to experience the magic firsthand. For a limited time, you can get a fabulous 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BRAVADO at checkout. So what are you waiting for, homegirl? Say hello to balanced hormones and goodbye to those days of feeling like a roller coaster. Your journey to hormone harmony starts now. Germany. 
And this is Brittany. And this is the Black Girl Bravado Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back to episode 11 of the Black Girl Bravado Podcast. Today is a special episode. We have two very special guests on the episode that we are going to be speaking with about a couple of issues, a few issues rather, that we have touched on before. We are just going to be getting two different insights from Germany and I. So I hope you guys are ready to tune in today. For the tea. Um, yes, like Brittany mentioned, uh, we have our very, very, very best gal pals, um, Brittany's best friend, Kayla, and my best friend, Adrian, who are two women we definitely adore and love. And they just happen to be in different spaces than we are right now. Both of them are married with um, beautiful daughters. So we just wanted them to come on and kind of weigh in on the last few podcasts um, from their perspective so that we kind of have a, a better sense of everything that we've been discussing since we know that a variety of girlfriends listen to the podcast. Yeah. All right. So um, in episode, what was it, nine? I think so. Nine was on. I think nine was daddy issues. No, but... that was eight. Okay. Well, you tell me, sister. I, <laughs> I forgot. Eight. Um, nine. You're was... right. Episode nine. Episode nine was the biological clock team. Mm-hmm. So biological clock. So we're going to, if you guys haven't listened to that, we were talking about how Brittany and I are um, approaching 30. Yes. (laughs) And we are not mothers. Yes. And how, um, how we're, how we deal with that, what that looks like for us. So we are going to have Adrian and Kayla touch on what that looks like for them. And we're also going to discuss podcast 10, which is on courting, dating, and cohabiting. And they're going to kind of give their perspective on that. And what that looked like for them. Yep. So let's just dive right in. Diving. Um, so we're just <laughs> going to be touching on the different topics, asking a variety of questions to see how their relationships transitioned. Was there a courting phase, a dating stage? Um, what that looked like for each individual. And then we'll, me and Jeremy, Jeremy and I will just chime in. Um, As needed. Right. So let's get it. Okay, girlfriend. You hype. You hype, sister. <laughs> okay, so um, what are we going to start with? Well, I think it's only natural to start with courting and dating because essentially. First step. First step in the order. That's where every relationship begins. All right. So um, let's talk to Adrian. Let's ask Adrian. Okay. Um, so Adrian can give us a little background on her relationship. Um, Adrian, did your uh, relationship start out? in a courting kind of manner or kind of what did that look like if you did transition from dating to courting? Um, my situation was a bit different in the sense that um, my relationship kind of started a bit in- unconventionally. Um, my husband and I, we worked together prior to us actually like hooking up or, or anything like that. So we were like friends first. Um, but in addition to that, he had actually dated a really good friend of mine, you know, while they were in college. And, um, it was a huge, like internal struggle for me. Like there was some serious, like internal warfare going on because I, I, you know, I liked him and I wanted to kind of, you know, explore our relationship. But at the same time, I couldn't help but feel that I was betraying my really good friend you know, someone that I I really loved. And I had actually prided myself in being a loyal person. I still pride myself in being 
a loyal person. You know, I feel like if, if nobody else has your back, you can definitely count on me to have your back. Like, I, I will definitely hold you down. And so in that situation, I was really struggling with that. Um, so when it came to, you know, my husband and I actually, you know, dating and kind of hanging out, it was something that I did on, on the low. I didn't want my friends to know. I, I didn't really want anybody to know. We, we kind of just hung out, and our relationship just kind of evolved um, from there. And then once we actually hooked up, you know, and actually, you know, got into a relationship, a real relationship, um, almost immediately we dealt with some serious issues, you know, from coming, kind of coming from his family, um, you know, them not, you know, liking me or, you know, whatever the case is. And so that kind of caused us to, you know, it, it, it caused our bond to strengthen. Um, but then it, I feel like it kind of a, also caused our relationship to kind of move at a at a much faster pace than maybe it would have had we not you know kind of dealt with those you know those circumstances at the time so in terms of transitioning from dating to courting it was I don't I don't even remember the transition it just went from we're dating and now we're living together and we're living together and now we're married and now we have a baby so I, I don't really remember the transition. My my situation, like I said, was is very unconventional. Okay, we we can feel that. Yeah. Um, I think on the on the side before we jump into Kayla, Adrian, um, <clears throat> in excuse me, in podcast ten, we were talking about how in our research we kind of recognized that a lot of the research that was done was mentioning of sliding into situations. You know what I mean? Like, okay, it's kind of easier to kind of get into a relationship, although definitely you and Alex love Makuya, um, have that intentional relationship. Do you feel like at any point, since you did mention that you guys were living together, was there any like, okay, well, we might as well do this or like, yeah, let's move to the next level because you guys were already cohabitating or cohabiting? Well, as far as our living situation was concerned, it happened, um, it evolved into that because his parents weren't going to pay his rent anymore. Like they had paid his rent all throughout college and his dad, you know, he had graduated college and his dad said, okay, you have one more year, you know, for me to pay your rent and that's it. And so that year, you know, came and went and he didn't want to, you know, have to move back to San Diego. So, you know, we had, you know, talked about it and I said, well, you know, just come and live with my mom and I, you know, until you can find a place of your own. That ended up being two years of us living together with my mom. And then finally, you know, she got to a point where she wasn't, you know, no, she was no longer comfortable with our living situation. And so it did end up becoming, okay, well, we might as well just do this kind of thing. So, you know, we ended up, you know, moving out of my mom's house mm-hmm. and moving to our, you know, an apartment of our own. And then at that point, it was, our relationship was continued. It was, it was still growing but I don't think we both had any intentions on us actually getting married at the time. I don't think that was in our, like in our, that wasn't on the radar at the time. We were just kind of, you know, just doing us, but we just happened to be living together at the time. Um, and then it wasn't until actually I had gotten pregnant that we really started seriously talking about, you know, actually getting married and where our relationship is going because, you know, shit got real. Like, well, what, what are we actually doing here? Um, and so from then, we were we were intentionally in each other's lives. Our relationship was very intentional at that point. Our relation, our finances then became, you know, combined. Um, 
and we were just really serious about our relationship at that point because we knew where we, we were going from there. And that was, I think, maybe shoot year four. Okay, I got that. We're going to touch back on the cohabiting aspect. Kayla, girlfriend, give us some tea on the transition from courting to dating, if there was, or actually from dating to courting, if it was intentional or, you know, just give us some background, girlfriend. Hey, ladies. <laughs> hey. So I met Kayla through Greekdom. Um, he's a part of a fraternity and I am in a sorority and I met him as he was joining his organization. Um, it was completely random. I had never seen him before. I had never heard of him before. Um, so he just caught my attention. We started hanging out about six months later. Um, we were both kind of in some uh, ending relationships, I guess you could say, kind of in that gray area at the time that we met. So we gave each other time to just kind of figure things out. Um, once we started hanging out, about five months later, we made it official. So I would say that's when it became intentional courting. Uh, from the beginning of the relationship, we both knew that we were looking to be married. And not saying that we were just trying to force it with each other, but we knew that whatever relationship we were in, we were looking for it to go all the way. So that really had a major uh, part in how we dated and how we spent time together. Everything was intentional. Um, I didn't meet his family until after we became official and vice versa. And we didn't move in together until after we got married. That was something that we both agreed on. And uh, what else? You it's, it's, I guess it's just a really, it was a simple transition for us. Um, just really simple. I, I wouldn't, I guess you could call it traditional. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about our transition. <laughs> okay, so Kayla, I have a question for you. You mentioned that um, you and Caleb knew that you wanted to be whoever you were dating. You were dating with the intent to marry. You guys knew that you were looking towards marriage, not necessarily with each other, but with whoever you would the, be dating. It was on the horizon. Yes, it was on the horizon. So what did that look like? Like, what was the conversation that you both had to determine that? Like, was there a time frame? What did that look like? So as far as time frame, we had both discussed that our maximum time dating would be about a year and a half to two years. And that's just because uh, we were both older. I mean, not old, but old enough to know if we were ready to be married or not and what we were looking for in a spouse. So we just felt like we didn't need that much time to figure out whether or not we were going to take the next step. Um, as far as conversation-wise, it involved um, being on the same page spiritually, so our beliefs, where we were going to worship, uh, what we expected of each other as a husband, as a wife, how many kids we wanted to have, if any, um, what we expected from each other when kids came, family issues that we may have had, uh, relationship things in the past that may affect the future, just kind of really getting to know each other, the good and the bad. So those were the steps that we took. And um, of course, just making sure that we spent quality time together. Caleb was really busy when I met him. So 
we spent time together every Thursday and then on the weekends. Okay. Come on, uh, model relationship. <laughs> the the that, that, that was the breakdown, honey. Yes, girl. Yeah. Um, you know, me and Brittany when we were talking about like when we discussed like, oh, you know, we wonder about the time frame. I know you and Brittany are best friends, so she kinda knew that the T was the two year mm-hmm. time frame. And I was looking online, <clears throat> excuse me, and there was a little site that I stumbled across and it was I think they surveyed about a hundred a hundred people and they were saying the average I think it's about three and a half years, three point three years in worldwide or, or not worldwide in the in United the States. Yeah. And it's about two less two years or less in the United States. So I don't know how accurate. I know that there's some anomalies. I'm a. I would of course be a part of that anomaly. I feel like, um, honestly, when like Kayla said the two year thing, I was like two years because I'm just not. I just wasn't used to that because you see a lot of people like we date a lot. Of, we feel like we have. It takes a lot of time to really get to know someone. Yes. But then I guess there's a difference like when you're being intentional when you ask these questions up front. You'll get the answer if you're dealing with an honest person. You'll get the answer. But we prolong or we kind of don't want to feel like we're pressuring. So we hold back on asking the questions and we just go with the flow. And that does work in some cases. But if you do have a shorter time frame, then that's when I think you have to really get in there. And you have to ask questions like that to know if it's going to work or if it's not. Definitely. Um, Adrian, you want to touch on, I know that you said you, you and Alex kind of just did your thing. It wasn't really a like, okay, we're going to go from point A to point B to point C, which is like you said, that's kind of what we see more than anything is like, we're just, we just living this damn life and we just doing a damn thing, baby girl. So, um, what was that time frame? We know Kayla said that they dated for two years. Did you and Alex have a particular time frame or like how long was it before you guys like, you know, jump the broom? Um, Alex, I don't think had a time frame. By the way, Kayla's their process puts my puts my process to shame. I don't even think we had a process. No, but no, no, no. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's just they were. It's I, I I admire the fact that they were very intentional. That they had honest, an honest conversation, and they laid out the expectations for one another as husband and wife. I think honestly, that's a beautiful thing, and you you really have to do that. My husband and I, we didn't do that. Like we just. We, um, as far as he was concerned, he didn't have a time frame. I did. In my mind, I always had this five-year, not really a five-year plan, but my mom had always told me not to, you know, date anyone longer than five years. If he's with you, she would always say, like, if he's with you, if you guys are together um, longer than five years and he has not married you, you need to run. Mm-hmm. And she periodically, and she would randomly say, it's not like we were, you know, we would be talking about, you know, uh, relationships or anything like that. She would just randomly say it. And so it always, you know, um, stuck, you know, in my mind that five years, five years, five years. And so that's what I always thought of five years, five years, five years. And so when we did start really having, you know, the marriage, uh, conversation, um, like seriously around, you know, year four, my my timer you know was set like okay so from this point forward bro we have a year from here that we need to actually be married um it didn't necessarily pan out that way like our you know we didn't get married at exactly five years we we i think we were together five years eight months or something like that before we actually got married but 
um, that was really where, you know, I was coming from. And then as far as the conversation that we had, once we actually, you know, once we actually decided, okay, this is what we're going to do. Um, our conversation was more geared towards actually communicating. Um, our process was about really strengthening our, our communication and being open, open with one another and being honest with one another. Um, not just in, in terms of, you know, um, just regular day-to-day stuff like don't lie to me if you you do this or do that it's like really just be honest with me about the person that you are the kind of person that you are um and about you know kind of what makes you you tick or whatever you're feeling or whatever be be open and honest and vulnerable with me so that's that was really what our process was but taylor girl you, y'all did that you, you <laughs> actually teach a class yes the class the class t <laughs> well um, i just have to say um because, you know, we definitely are not perfect. And, I mean, our process sounds good when you hear it, but there were definitely bumps along the road. And I would say one of the greatest factors in the way that we handled each other is we both had bad relationships in the past. So because of that, we learned from it. And we just said to ourselves, you know, we're not going to waste our time. T, that's a word. Going a relationship. That's, that's a word. Meaning anything so word I received you know don't think we're perfect or that we just have it all together it was it basically came from experience well Kayla let me ask you a quick question I'm sorry guys I don't want to it's okay no 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 girl we encourage we're encouraging the dialogue so you guys had that you guys you guys had you know an open dialogue prior to getting married and you said that it was uh, really based on the fact that you guys you know had bad relationships in the past now, in spite of that, that, you know, dialogue, did you guys still, did you find that you guys still maybe brought some of the, the baggage or the, the stuff from the past into your, into your marriage? I would say not into the marriage, but definitely when we were dating, things would come up. Um, because like I said, we had just recently got out of the relationships officially I would say it was kind of like a back and forth thing together off and on so it was officially cut off um earlier that year before we started hanging out so so it was kind of like we were both just in the same position at the same time and and it just worked for us um that's why I feel like our situation is just different because I I feel like if somebody else hears that it probably even sounds weird but I don't know (laughs) but I mean, that's just the position we were in, and we just both took so much from our past relationships that we knew how to be better for each other. Definitely agree. When you're in a long-term relationship, as as I have been, you learn so much. You You learn what you don't want, and you get a clearer picture of what you do want should you get into a new relationship. Like, I was with this person for five, six, seven years. I know I'm not dealing with that again. Yeah. If any of that pops up, I'm, I'm out. out the dough. I, I was talking to Adrian today. We were kind of having a little dialogue earlier in the day. And <clears throat> I'm sick, y'all. I'm a little under the weather. So excuse me if I have to keep clear my throat. But um, I was telling Adrian that my previous relationship to the one that I've been in currently taught me to be patient with, with a person, you know. And I think that there's definitely those things that you can take away and take take into other relationships outside of your your intimate relationships with a significant other but 
his ass, my previous uh, <laughs> shit from a couple years ago, also told me I didn't want a crazy motherfucker in my life. Yeah. Because he was crazy. He would jump out of the car while it's moving. That's a true story. I knew, don't want someone who's fucking irrational in my life. So yeah. that's T, yeah, Kayla. Let that go. <laughs> exactly. So, um, Kayla, you said that year two, you guys were married. That was an intentional decision or actually engaged in kind of making that transition from dating and that would be the max were you happy with that that time frame that you know you guys discussed it and outside of discussing it it actually came to pass Brittany and I were speaking in a podcast um either the last podcast and we were discussing how seeds are not planted with verbal um just verb verbal with words it's planted with action so although you guys discussed it were you happy with the timeline in which it actually transpired I was very happy with the timeline. Um, we dated from, we officially dated from February of 2011 and then got engaged in September of 2012. So it was That's ideal. right in line with what we had discussed. And leading up to that, we were still having conversations about marriage and our plans and even talking about a wedding date because just based on his schedule as an educator, we had to uh, plan a wedding date based on when he would be teaching. So I was confident. Y'all got to excuse my baby. It's okay. <laughs> I was confident that, um, that he would follow through with his word. You know, he showed me action. It wasn't just talk. So I was able to trust him and just allow him to, to make the moves that he needed to make as the man. T. Okay, so let's transition into our, our next topic, which is cohabiting. Um. We'll start with you, Adrian. So you mentioned a little bit about how you and your husband lived with each other before marriage. And you touched a little bit on the deciding factors um, that led to that decision. Do you have any more that you would like to add to that? Um, not, no, not, not really. That's what I explained earlier is exactly <laughs> that's exactly how it happened. Um, it was, there was really no, I guess, real in, intention behind it. Like we didn't come together and say, you know what? I really want to see you all the time. You know, I really like, I don't like going to my apartment and you going back to your apartment or I don't like living with my mom and you know, I don't like living with my parents. So maybe we, we should live together. And so that way our relationship can do this and the third. That was not our our situation at all. It was really a situation of um, circumstance, you know, just based based on the circumstances, we made, you know, the decision that we did to um, live together. So that, that was yeah, that was basically it. So um, in regards to you saying circumstance, I think the better question is. If financial, because that's based on like a financial constraint, right? Like, okay, we're kind of at that pivotal age where my parents are still helping me pay my rent. I'm kind of not completely independent on my own. And you get to that <clears throat> kind of that peak of where it's like my parents are letting go. I'm not financially savvy enough to, or, or stable enough to be on my own. Do you think that if the financial circumstance was different, that maybe you guys would have held off on moving together? Absolutely. I don't, I don't think it was our, our desire at that point to actually live with one another. Like I said, it was just based on our, you know, circumstances at the time. Um, the primary, the primary issue being financial, 
you know, like you just mentioned, we were both making a little over minimum wage at the time. Um, and though rent at that time was not as much as it is now, it still was, it, it still was just out of our ballpark uh, um, to be able to afford a place, you know, on our own. And so we really just kind of um, made it work. I think the the difference between, you know, our situation and maybe other situations where people kind of go into it, you know, strictly financial um, is that we actually want it to be together. You know, like our relationship was not in a place where we were still kind of questioning whether we wanted to be with the person, you know, or whether we wanted to um, kind of maintain the relationship or, you know, anything like that. So it was never like, well, dang, I don't really want to be with you, but shoot, I need my own place. So let's just figure it out for the sake of, you know, getting our own place. It, it wasn't like that at all. We actually wanted to be with each other. We were, you know, in love with each other, but it's just, you know, given given circumstances, we had to make the, we decided, I should say, to make the decision that we did to live together. Okay, that's a great point that you made, saying that you guys actually were in a good place in your relationship and decided to um, cohabitate because as we mentioned in the podcast, there are some relationships that are on the rocks and they still take that step. And that's a drastic step to take Um, so luckily the relationship was very healthy and it was just a smooth transition can you give us some of the like benefits or the like the pros or the cons of of cohabitating cohabiting sorry well as far as the um the i wouldn't say there were necessarily any benefits i really appreciated the fact that i got to see him every single day and you know even when we were like, because I was, you know, we were still, you know, living together and stuff like that. And, and Germany and Jop, um, our other close friends, they weren't living with anybody. They were just living with their their parents. And so it was different it's to, to see them go from, you know, their boyfriend's house and then go back home. That had become, that had become unusual to me. And I always would think like, dang, you're going to leave? Going to leave. Like, going to gonna retreat like, back home. <laughs> You know all that and I, I that that has become unusual to me and so I had become very accustomed to you know living with him and him you know him coming home and looking forward to you know him coming home or me coming home and us spending time together and things like that um I, but I think that was that was really the only thing I well I, another thing that I can say is that it, it it helped us to transition into actually living together and being married because we were in a space where um, we were in a space where we were locked into a lease. Whether we wanted to be locked into the relationship, we were locked into a lease. So when it came time to, you know, when, when tough situations would arise, we couldn't just cut out. There is no, oh, well, I'm leaving or I want to break up. No, we're locked into this lease, so we're going to figure this out. We need to we need to talk because I'm not going to give them rent and a half because now you want to go back and live with your mom or you want to go back and live, you know, live in San Diego. No, we, we need to figure this out. So it really, it really forced us to deal with the hard stuff because we, we, we didn't have any option to run. Um, and moreover, we were relying on each other financially. So, you know, again, we couldn't go back to our parents and say, hey, can you help me? Because they had already said, mentioned, we're done. You know, we're, we're done helping you in, in that aspect. You need to grow up and do it on your own. And so we had, you know, um, come to rely on each other financially. Um, and so that also forced us to communicate. 
you know, communicate about finances, communicate about, um, you know, what you're spending over here and what you're spending over here and, and creating a budget together and, you know, and things like that, because we have responsibilities now and I need to be able to rely on you in, in that regard. Um, so I, I think that was definitely something that helped us long term in terms of, you know, once we actually got married and, and things like that. Um, one of the negative things about, I wouldn't even say it was a negative thing, but one of the things that I dealt with a lot was the fact that we were actually living together. I was really struggling with that because I had grown up, um, I had grown up, you know, in the church. I was saved, you know, early on in life. And so I knew, I knew better. I knew that you don't just go, you know, living with a man or anything like that. And my parents called that shacking. You never wanted to be a shacker. You didn't want to be a shacker. You didn't want to be living with somebody shacked up, laid up, all of that. And so that was, it was, it was a struggle for me. And I always felt like I, I, I knew that I was not aligned with what God's plan for my life was at the time. And my husband, he, he, he dealt with it also. And so that was, I would say the negative part that I, I compromised what I believed. I compromised what I knew better to do, um, in order to kind of go along with what I wanted to do rather than what I, I should have done. Got it. So, um, I'm trying to think if we should bounce back to Sora. Kayla. Yeah, I think so. Kayla, girlfriend. So we know that you and Caleb didn't live together prior to the marriage. You kind of shared that with us in the beginning. How do you feel in that regards, being that you have a completely different experience from Adrian and the fact that you guys kind of held off? Give us your background, like what that looked like for you guys transitioning to being a married couple and living in the same home. What? Give us some tea, girlfriend. Okay, so um, so living together just was not an option for us. Um, like Adrian mentioned, for herself, we've also both uh, grew up in church. We're both saved and believe in Jesus Christ. So we just didn't uh, believe in living together, and that was the main reason that you know we chose to wait until we were married to uh, to cohabitate. Um, when I first met Caleb, I actually lived with my grandmother. And then once I graduated in 2011, I moved in with Brittany and another friend of mine into an apartment. So Caleb had his own place from the very beginning of the relationship, which I liked because it was our hangout spot. Um, we had somewhere where we could go and, you know, not be interrupted. We had some privacy. And then when I got my own place, we also had that option as well. So that worked well for us. Um, I enjoyed having my own space. Of course, there were times where I didn't want to leave Caleb's house, but especially now, I appreciate having that time because now, you know, home is my responsibility. Even if I don't feel like doing something one night, I still have a husband and a daughter that I have to take care of. So, you know, I just got to boss up and do it. Whereas when I lived on my own, I could do what I wanted to do. If I didn't want to cook, I didn't have to cook. If I didn't feel like cleaning that night, I didn't have to clean. Um, I just enjoyed that freedom, and I appreciate it a lot more now that I'm married. And that's not to say that, you know, I'm miserable being married or I feel trapped. I just appreciate that I had that opportunity. So um, as far as how I feel now... I, I don't regret it at all. I'm glad that we didn't move in together. 
and I think it made me more excited after we got married um, to experience something different and to know that I would see him every night. It, it was kind of like a, a special treat being married. So I'm glad that we took the route that we did. Okay. okay come on, sweet treat. Perfect. <laughs> you need to stop. <laughs> um. Okay. Perfect. So, Kayla, you said you didn't regret it. And so what which route would you recommend? Would you recommend? For me, um, you know, just based on my faith alone, I would I would always tell people not to move in together. And like Adrian mentioned, shacking up. That's how you always hear it in church. Shacking up, don't shack up. They toss um, that out quick, you know, like, Ugh, don't I do agree with that. <laughs> I do agree with that. Um I believe that it can just add a lot of unnecessary tension to the relationship too soon. And I think it just creates a gray area because it's like, you know, if we live together and we're boyfriend and girlfriend, how much do I really expect from Caleb and how much am I allowed to expect? Like, I wouldn't know when I could say something and when I couldn't. It, 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 it would just be a weird place for me. Whereas married, it's like, you know, nothing's off limits. So um, Tell them. I, I just don't know how how much accountability you can hold your partner to when you're not married and you live together. As far as expectations, like, is he the main provider? Or are you guys splitting all the bills? Are you doing wifey duties? Or is everybody on their own? I, I just can't imagine how it would work on a daily basis. Um so that, that's just something I wouldn't want. And I think it could also cause you to just maybe hold on to a situation that you maybe shouldn't be in because you're depending on each other so soon. Um, I, just, I, I just don't think it's the best the best idea. Okay. And that's no shade against anybody. That's, that's just... Yeah, definitely. Little and, old me. <laughs> and that's why we kind of wanted to have two varying opinions because we knew that like you have a much much different um kind of experience than Adrian than we do so um i think i can definitely agree with both of you and it could just be because i never have been in a position to live with a person mm-hmm. um and i live on my own uh for a long time i always have admired and i've told Adrian this before how her and Alex um rely on one another and they really have like a, it's us Kind of like ride or die. Mm-hmm. You know, I ride or die for the ones I love. No, <laughs> please. Sorry, they really have um, um, just a very unique bond, and like she was saying, due to like their opposition of their relationships, so on and so forth. That's always been something that I've admired about them, and definitely, Kayla, you have the textbook route, baby girl, honey. That <laughs> is down to a science, and I sounds so cookie cutter, guys, but we're <laughs> No, but it's it's admirable. So, so what we were saying is, um, Adrian mentioned a lot about that accountability. Whereas you feel like, is that accountability even really there? Is that like a pseudo accountability? Is it kind of like a false sense of accountability? Um, in your your opinion, we can start with. Let me ask Brittany. Let me ask Laura Brittany over here, girlfriend who be quiet. Um, would that accountability exist? Do you think? And then we can kind of do a roundtable. Ask Adrian. Ask Kayla. Would that accountability exist without cohabiting? I know from Adrian's perspective, that's what was like important to them. That's what they established. What okay. you think, girl? I think it definitely should exist. 
from being in a long-term relationship, not not being married, obviously, or even living together, I feel like if I'm going to go to the next step with you, I want to know that I can depend on you and that you you can be held accountable. And that's just, that exceeds like household responsibilities. You're accountable for your behavior, like outside and inside of this home. When you're out in those streets and you're representing me, like you're accountable for what you're doing. And I want to know that you're accountable is internal. Like that's something that you want to do on your own outside of me. That's just you. But do you think you can have that without cohabitating with a partner? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. I think you can definitely have it without. Have it. Bring it to the table. Need it. Need it to exist. Need to know before we sign. Before Adrian, girlfriend, um, give us the tea. You think you and Alex would have been able to build that level of accountability um, despite cohabiting with one another since I know that that's like the foundation having that, you know, cohabiting relationship prior to. Um, I, I believe so. Because it's it's important. Um, you you have to be accountable. Just like I was, you know, mentioning to you uh, earlier on in our conversation, you have to vibrate at a higher frequency. When you're planning to jump from, you know, being or transition from being a girlfriend to a a wife, because really that fiance period really doesn't mean anything. The fiance is just you're you're still a girlfriend as a fiance. There's there's not really much of a difference. But I would say definitely in that in that space and time, you need to be vibrating at a higher frequency. You need to be carrying yourself um, as a wife or as a husband, mm-hmm. and um, you, there definitely needs to be that that level of accountability because you are not only representing one another, but you are responsible. You are you are getting ready to, um, or hopefully, you know, getting ready to, you know, commit yourself to God and say, "Listen, Father." I am going to be responsible. I am making a covenant with you that I'm going to cover this man or I'm going to cover this woman. And you have it, you, that just doesn't happen overnight. You, that's something that you definitely need to build on. So whether you're living together or not, you know, and I guess that would, that would be the, the determining factor as to if, or the, the qualifiers, if you are, if you're just courting, if you're, if you're dating or if you're courting. You know, if you're just dating, then of course, hey, listen, do whatever you want to do. You have no obligation to me. It is what it is. But if we've just decided that our relationship is is definitely headed towards marriage, then you need to bring up your level of thinking and your level of accountability and your level of responsibility and obligation to the other person and, you know, kind of carry yourself in that way. That has to be the standard. That's that's the foundation because it's not going to it doesn't happen in the, the courting phase or the dating phase. When you get married, it's not gonna it's, it's not gonna change. It's not like he's if a light is gonna come on and he's gonna say, you know what, this is my wife. I know what you know is is required of me as a husband. No, he's still gonna be the same old same old thing he was. That's a word. You guys got married. That's a word, sister. Maybe, you know, maybe he is going to you know maybe he is going to you know slowly kind of you know evolve and transition and kind of you know grow to accept his responsibilities and, and his obligation as man or even you as as a wife but it's this not just going to come on because you guys have jumped the broom so you definitely not to draw out this this response but yes to answer your question absolutely you need to that level of accountability needs to be there and it it, it would have been there had alex and i not lived together okay kayla what's your opinion do you think that the accountability should be present um, or can be present without living with the... Well, clearly, they didn't live together. 
<clears throat> Give us some tea, girl. Definitely. Um, you know, because living together, it's like, yeah, you guys see each other every morning and you go to bed every night, but in between time, you don't know what that person is doing. So I don't think that cohabitating necessarily um, increases the level of accountability, even though some people may assume that it does because you see each other every day. Um, but stuff happens all the time. I'm sure we can all think of, you know, stories where people have lived together and the relationship didn't work for various reasons. Um, really the only person that can make a man do what he's supposed to do is God, a relationship with God. So if he's accountable to God, then he'll be accountable to you. And that's really the only way that, you know, it's, I guess, guaranteed. Um, even then it's not guaranteed. People make mistakes. But that's, that's the best way to guarantee it, I would say. You know, you, you can't change a person. You can't make anybody do anything that they don't want to do. They have to want to do it themselves. Come on, yes, sister. Yes, I totally agree with that. You have to have a higher power <laughs> that you are answering to that you feel responsible to. Weren't you um, bringing up, I know Brittany and I have our own um, issues. But Girl, <laughs> now, now you just come on now. Damn. Okay, so. Um, yes, we have our own issues, but, uh, we have our own opinion about the cohabiting relationships and, and, and like I said, it's, I only can speak from my own experience and as for you and as for Adrian and as for Kayla. Um, but, uh, we were talking last night, Brittany, and you brought up something about the whole person, whole person T. You want to dish that? Oh yes, I can. In touch regards on to that. a con. I can touch on that quickly. Um, I was listening to a podcast by Pastor Torre Roberts. He's a pastor at One Church LA. And it was basically about the five keys to identifying your soulmate. And something that really, like, really, I really felt in my spirit was um, he said that we need to come into relationships as whole people. So you need to be a whole person, and your significant other needs to be a whole person, meaning that without you, I can stand alone. Mm-hmm. I am independent, I am not depending on you to survive, and you're not depending on me. We are two whole people coming together yes to be better because when you're broken you break other people you start dragging other people through the mud yeah so um in relation to accountability that needs to already be there right you need to be a whole person accountable with integrity yes the integrity piece really heightens the accountability because bishop bishop omer always says Integrity is who you are when no one is looking. Amen. When no one is around, you know what I mean? When no one is around, what is it that, what do you do? You might say, I'm a good person, but in the dark, you ain't holding it down. Right. And your integrity is a little shady. So outside of that accountability, I think another, another very, very imperative and fundamental aspect is that integrity because that, that goes hand in hand integrity accountability and to be a whole person oh don't whole. come here with a half that's where the struggle comes from when you're dealing with someone who's not holding and you got to try to piece them together like a puzzle <laughs> like come on bruh I'm, I'm, i've already had to build myself up now i gotta get you together yeah now you gotta build them up okay all right so, so let's just move on because i was so about I to start key, preaching oh, okay also to mention um in addition to, you know, kind of being a whole person or whatever, um, is that, that, that doesn't mean being a whole person doesn't mean that you don't have your stuff. Definitely. Um, I also listened to that podcast. And, and, and another thing that, uh, Pastor Torek mentioned was that 
sometimes your relationship will bring certain things out of you. Yes. And for me, I, I did believe that, you know, going into my relationship with Alex and, you know, prior to us getting married, that I, I, I knew who I was and I was, I was comfortable in, you know, being the person that, you know, I was, but I had my stuff. Um, and when we got together, it wasn't until we got together that I, like I, I was molested as a child and I never dealt with that. I, I didn't, I didn't deal with it at all. I, I suppressed it and I just, I just kept moving. Mm -hmm. Um, but when we got, it wasn't until we got together and we started having sex that my, that, that stuff came up for me. Mm -hmm. Just out of nowhere, it hit me almost like a freight train that I, all of a sudden I was dealing with all of these suppressed feelings and emotions and, and things and stuff that I had not dealt with. And so I don't want to, I don't want anyone to hear this podcast and think, okay, well, I need to break up with my boyfriend or my girlfriend because, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with X, Y, and Z and that makes me, you know, that I'm, I'm not whole. I, I don't think that that's the message that, you know, Pastor Trey was trying to get across or that, you know, Brittany was trying to convey in this moment either. Um, but it's, it's sometimes the relationship will bring stuff out of you. And I definitely, I totally agree. And I think that that should be addressed. Like that should be brought out prior to the marriage. And first lady, Sarah, that's not my first lady, but his first lady, Sarah was mentioning that <laughs> <laughs> those, those things that come up out of you. Um, this is, too, I think, I don't know if we're all talking about the same podcast. You're talking about the five keys to recognizing. I'm talking talks. about the love talk. Yeah. So in that love talk podcast, which kind of piggybacks on that five keys to soulmate um, podcast, Sarah was saying that that Tori brought out things in her that she didn't even know existed. So definitely you can have your stuff. But the idea is that there has to be a purpose. You have to understand and know your purpose and you have to know where you're going, what you're bringing to the table and what it is that you want to offer to another person. I think that's the aspect of a whole person like be, in, be, be able to stand on your own and be able to love yourself and know who you are as yourself and not be looking to someone because I think that is more of the, the idea because we all come into relationships rather intimate, which I know we're, we're speaking in regards to significant others right now, but we come into friendships with stuff. You know what I mean? We go into all of these kind of different interactions with stuff and it's the people who are around us that help bring out the better in us. They help us kind of um, discuss and talk, talk about things. I see counsel from Adrian, from Brittany, you know, from all of my girlfriends and it helps bring up things that, you know, I might not have dealt with. So mm -hmm. I don't think that you can't come into the whole person aspect is not to say that you definitely don't have stuff. So yes, Adrian, no. I agree. Um, it's, it's kind of a different level of being whole, yes. you know what I mean? Like know your purpose, know what it is that you're doing. Um, know where it is that you're falling or where you're trying to be in where who you're trying to be in alignment with and then we can move forward to figuring out what that stuff is and like break break down those no, those nuances and figure out how to become whole together as a unit or just just figure you out and not figure me out and then we do the damn thing you feel me i agree i think i think being a whole person also comes with um being okay being single being alone um, yes I think sometimes, especially in a long-term relationship, you you can kind of feel that it's not going to work out, but you're in that comfort zone, and you're just not ready to let that person go. And, you know, like we say, we don't want to start over, or we've invested all this time, and, and we're kind of depending on that person. And I think that when we're a whole person, and we're confident in who we are, and we know what we're looking for, and we have our standards, and 
you know, we, we're not settling. I think it helps us make better decisions in relationships because we pay attention to the red flags. We're not afraid to cut things off because we're okay being alone. We're not, you know, forcing situations. So I definitely agree that that we should be whole people coming together. Agreed. If you were here right now, Brittany seen it out. When you said we need to cut it off, I was like, cut it, cut it, hey, cut it. Millie hey. rocking. Millie rock. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I think we all kind of definitely brought that, I, that kind of wrapped up the whole person T. I I know you sparked it up, but mm-hmm. I think everybody definitely had some great insight on that topic. We are going to transition into the biological clock T because we know they have kids. They need to, and husbands to feed and, yes. and things to do, baby girl. Right. So, um, we're going to, <laughs> so, um, in regards to the biological clock, Brittany, you want to kind of initiate that? What sure. we're asking. I'll take the wheel. Gone, girl. So, biological clock. So, you guys both have two beautiful little baby girls. Baby uh, Zoe, Zoe and baby Kingsley. Oh. Um, so, Adrian, do you feel like baby Kingsley came at a perfect time for you and Alex? The timing could have been perfect. Couldn't have been any better um, as far as I'm concerned. I was... Um, we had gotten married in October... And yeah, we got married October, 2014. I was pregnant by January and I was, I graduated college in May, May, 2015. And my daughter was born October, October, 2015. So it just, when, when life really started rolling, it was like, let's just do, let's just all, let's knock it all out. Graduate school, have a baby, get married and let's move on. So I, I, it worked out for me. I think the timing was perfect for us. Perfect. Okay, girlfriend. What about you, Kayla? Um, I think the timing was good. I don't, I don't know if there is a perfect time. And I say that after becoming a mom because it's just such a huge transition. But um, one thing that I like about our timing is that we had a few years with just us. And I know that we needed that time. Um. I would say it was good also because we had resources to take care of her. Um, it wasn't a struggle to get things together. So it was good. It was good. Do um, you wish you would have? Well, I guess not. I guess you don't wish you would have had a mini sooner. Both, both of y'all said the timing was perfect. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. No sooner. No sooner. <laughs> no sooner. Um, so... Adrian, what are your feelings in regards to being a mother amongst friends without children? You know, me and Chop, girlfriend, you're only real two girlfriends. Ain't got no children, girlfriend. So how do you feel, mama? I think it would be... I think it would... I, I, I don't know. I think it would be nice for... I think it would be nice for you guys to, to kind of understand, you know, like what my situation is you know just just as a mother I think I may have been perceived as well I know early on in, in our in our friendship you know when we were younger and stuff like that I was the notable flake so I'm coming yes I'm on my way I'm on the freeway and not show up glad you glad you own it glad you're owning it yes yes, yes. And, I, and I know I know I would do that I, I know I would do that and so I definitely have made strides at you know at, at that so that way you know I'm not the the notable flake I don't want to be known as the flake um and so I would I would try to make myself available as much as possible 
but I think you guys have become so accustomed to me not showing up to things that the invitations just stopped coming. Um, now, don't you start. Don't you start. <laughs> I can't relate to that. Seriously, it's like the invitations stopped coming. So it's, and, and so in that regard, I, I want you guys just to understand that, yes, my, my family is important. My, my family is number one. My husband is number one. My baby is number one. But you guys are still very important to me. My relationships with you all, with you all are, are still very important to me. And I know just like I water my household, I need to water my relationship with you. I need to water my relationship with, you know, Job Creel. And so, you know, it's like I want you guys to understand it's not that I am just kind of in this bubble over here living my life and I don't really care because, you know, you guys are my single friends. And I'm going to hang out with my married friends. It's, it's nothing like that at all. It's like I, I still want us to I still want us to kind of do us like, you know, like we kind of always have. But I just want you guys to understand, you know, what my priorities have. But that does not mean that I won't be that I'm not available, essentially. Um, I'm glad you, you talked about that, Adrian, because um, I'm pretty sure Kayla could relate. When she got married, I almost felt like, Damn, I don't have. I lost a friend. Like, what am I gonna do? Like, I'm gonna be bored. She's gonna be with her husband. Like, a sister is out here struggling. I had to find my own apartment, and it's not like we intentionally want to leave you out, but it's like we know you have to consult with your husband. It might not be able to be a spur of the moment decision, and that would be our part to to yes, go the extra mile to reach out because yes. although. We know they have to consult with the husband. We can't assume that the husband's going to shut it, shut it down. Right. Shut and sometimes I'll, I'll admit that I'll be like, she probably not going to come. No, no, no. <laughs> Lord. Um, not even like, not even, you know, like the husband is going to shut it down. But, you know, just like Kayla mentioned earlier that she has to take care of the household. I have to do the same thing. You know, as you guys know, I'm a stay at home mom. And so when, when Alex gets home from work, he needs to eat. You know, I know that Kingsley goes down for her nap at around 11 and 12, 11 or 12 o'clock. And then she goes down for another another nap around 6, 30, 7 o'clock. Um, and then when she wakes up, it's bath time and I have to have, you know, dinner going. So Alex can get fed and, you know, I might have some, you know, clothes to fold. So like, for example, right now I have a load of clothes and I'm, I'm working on. I have a roast in the oven. I have dishes in the dishwasher. I have another load in the washing and I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. But that doesn't mean that I can't be available it's just let me know, you know so you can make the accommodation. I can't exactly. It's like I may I may not be able to do the spur of the moment thing mm-hmm. because I have I have two other people to consider. But if you tell me, hey, the show is coming up in you know X Y or Z amount of time, then I can say, okay, well let let me work that out. I can figure out what I'm going to do with you know Kingsley. I can you know make sure that Alex is taken care of and everything else that I have you know kind of going going on around here is taken care of. And then we can, you know, and we can go from there. All right. Kayla, what's your tea, girl? How do you feel? <laughs> Adrian, you really hit on um, some of my exact feelings. And I'm making a roast tonight, too. Hey. <laughs> roast sisters. So I definitely um, went through feelings of feeling left out, I would say. Um, and also just. You know, like Adrian mentioned, just wanting my friends to know that, yes, I do have other priorities, but I'm still here for you. I still care about you just the same. Like, you know, the love hasn't changed. It's just I have other responsibilities as well. So 
honestly, sometimes I envy my friends that, that don't have kids because they can just get up and say, hey, I'm going to happy hour. Or, hey, I'm doing this tonight. And I can't do that. So um, I love being a mom. I love my daughter. It's the most rewarding thing ever. But sometimes I do wish that, you know, I still had that freedom sometimes. So um, I also appreciate my friends that don't have kids because it's just refreshing. I kind of live through them sometimes. Um, yeah, so it, it's bittersweet, I would say. But not to bash you guys, because I do appreciate the fact that you guys come over. Like, that is really, like, my highlight. Right. I'm like, girl, we just slid through that thing a couple days ago, girl, you know? Yes, yes. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bashing you guys, thinking you guys are leaving me out. You guys, yes, you guys definitely do come over. So maybe you could do that. You, you could do that, Kayla. Instead of doing the happy hour out, you say, no, you guys come over here, because you know I'm going to be cooking anyway. I got yes. this. So yes. I'll have the food ready. I'll have the drinks ready. You come over. We can have a good time. And that's it. Yeah. And, but, you know, sometimes I just want to be out. But <laughs> I, like, I like getting out. Um, I can stress me. <laughs> I love, and I love being at home. I love my family. I love just, you know, the three of us hanging out on the couch, bumming it out. I, I cherish those moments. But I also enjoy me time, getting out. Uh, getting outside of the routine and you know doing something different but it's this topic is just so funny because I had told Brittany like you know Germany took my place once I got married and, and girl I, I said the same thing but, about Brittany I told, oh I lord Brittany, like, yeah I was like Germany you took my place but at the same time at the same time I'm grateful that she has Germany because I know that thank you, you. Know, with me being tired up, she would have been pretty much by herself. So I am grateful that they have each other. Need you know, friend. you know, I don't got a whole clique. <laughs> I started off. Hey, we don't roll like that. Right, I started off with three friends, and then one of them got married, got knocked up. I got job, but I'm like, ooh, I'd be out here struggling. I don't have many friends, so I'm appreciative of the girlfriend I have, who's on the same page with me. So thank you for sharing her, Kayla. <laughs> and thank you, Adrian, for sharing so Germany. We're all appreciative of our shared circles. Shared circle. Um, what were we going to say? So you guys both talked about how there's like Kaylee, sometimes you have a little FOMO, a little fear of missing out or kind of you wish that you can kind of juggle or not even juggle that like kind of I want to get out. I want to do the happy hour thing. Um, sidebar, I love going to Adrian's house because I know there will be a meal there. <laughs> when we were going to her, her house on Sunday, Jop and I, I was like, Job, did you eat? And she's like, no. And I'm like, girl, we're heading to Adrian's because there will be a meal. I Hot can meal. count on that because there's Alex to feed. And I know that there will be some hot food. So I definitely appreciate that benefit because a girl can always get a meal over there. Um, how do you guys balance being wives and moms? I think that's our final little tea. Uh, Adrian, you got a tea on that? Got a word? I can't really say that I'm balancing so much right now. Um, what I can say is that I I am doing my best. I'm doing my best to make sure that my, my daughter's taken care of, and I'm doing my best to make sure that... Okay, hold on. Oh, so cute. <laughs> my little girlfriend. Um, yeah, and I'm doing my best to make sure that um, Alex is taken care of. 
Um, one thing that Alex and I do, or I, I try to make a point to do with him, is to check in with him, you know, and make sure that I am, you know, to make sure that I'm not, he's not feeling like I'm neglecting, you know, his needs. So I'll, you know, just occasionally say, you know, hey, you know, what's going on? Is everything okay? How do you feel about, you know, me being a wife? And um, mm. is there anything that you need from me? You know, that kind of thing, just so that way he, um, you know, has the opportunity to explain, you know, or to go with me what he might be feeling or, you know, whatever the case is. Because, we, and what ends up happening is we'll have this, we'll have that conversation and he'll say, you know, like, I'm glad we were able to talk about this because I know that you're, you know, like you're, you have Kingsley to take care of, you have the house and stuff to take care of. And I usually don't want to add any more to that. So I won't say anything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we definitely do, you know, the whole check-in thing or whatever. Um, but aside from that, it's like, I, you know, I really, like I mentioned in my responses, and I don't mean to sound vulgar, but I don't miss a breastfeeding and I don't miss a blowjob. Like I make sure that. Come on, queen. Tell us. Get it, girls. But seriously, it's like, listen, listen, if you don't give blowjobs in your wife, it's time to start giving blowjobs. Okay? Girl, you <laughs> took it to the, that's episode 12. Like, right. <laughs> Sex rated. Don't, don't, slack, don't slack on the blowjob because he might be, he might say, okay, well, whatever, I'll, I'll eat out for a week straight. But if you start slacking on that blowjob, then he might have some real issues. So make sure. <laughs> make sure now, Adrian. I'm just saying, like, make sure that make listen, don't don't slack. And so I, I know that Kingsley, she needs me to she needs she's still nursing. So I'm here for that, honey. However you need me, I'm here for that. I know that my husband never mind. Right. But anyway. Right. You know. I'm like, we're going into episodes. <laughs> for the wives. Get it together. That, that's where I'm at with it. Um, Kayla girlfriend, give us some tea on how you're balancing being a wife and a mom. <laughs> Um, I, I was still recovering from Adrian. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I would say the same. Uh, um, I, you know, I'm doing the best that I can. I would say one thing that I just try to keep in mind is the priority. And I just believe that your husband comes first and then your kid. So, you know, I try to make sure that Caleb still knows that he's a priority and that my actions show that while still you know, maintaining Zoe because Zoe requires so much of my time. Um, and, you know, she just can't take care of herself, whereas Caleb can do more things on his own. So uh, sometimes it is challenging, and sometimes I do feel like I may be slacking it in one area. But overall, I guess it's going pretty well. Probably have to ask him. <laughs> Girl, yeah, check in. Do the check in. Hold it down. <laughs> Check in with Bay. Um, you got anything to add? I think this was a great, great little combo. I think it was a great combo. I really appreciate from the bottom of my heart both of you guys taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with us. Um, really. Yes, really. I, I cannot say how much we appreciate it enough because this is like our thing. We do it because we don't have many other things going on outside of work and we like it. We yeah. enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um but it's nice when people kind of set aside their busy lives, which we definitely know you guys are working and being moms and wives, and just taking this time out to chat with us so that people can get an, gain another alternative perspective because Brittany and I only know so much. We're very smart and intelligent, but <laughs> we don't got all the keys. And we have the pretty much the same situation, so we wanted to pull in two people who are 
our our age and are married, but as we see going through this conversation, it came about in two different ways and they both work just the same. Right. So that is a testament that there's not one clear cut way to do this. Testament that God is real. Whatever um. whatever works for you, do the damn thing. Do the damn thing. Anything you guys <laughs> want to add, Adrian or Kayla, to our people who are listening? I just want to say Adrian really gave y'all the jewels um, <laughs> with the B&B. <laughs> <laughs> I have to bless and let them know. Girl. Guys take note. Girl, got it. Got a pen and paper out. Adrian, you got something you want to say, boo? For now. <laughs> All right, you guys, we're gonna let Thanks you. Us, yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Um, so I think that wraps up our podcast episode eleven. Yep, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Peace out.